When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's up, everybody? This is Joe LaPuma. You are listening to the Complex Sneakers Podcast. I'm with my guys from Jersey City, Matt Welty. How's he doing? And, of course, from Brooklyn, Brendan Dunn. How's it going? I'm sequestered, uh, you know, weathering the storm. Very literally. We had some thunder and lightning earlier today. Absolutely. How's everyone doing? I feel all right. I was up till 1 o'clock last night. Doing what? I saw up to eight episodes of The Last Dance. You got the screener? Yeah. Joe. I will not send it to you guys, but I was up till 1 a.m., binge-watched The Last Dance up until episode 8. Can I ask for a spoiler? Did they win the championship? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I will say, and I know Welty's like going to call me out, like I'm re-inspired on sneakers. What shoes were you wearing while watching it? Okay, I saw your tweet about wearing sneakers while watching it. I wasn't doing that, but I'll tell you, he made every Jordan look cool, whether he was in the parking lot, on court, or shoot-around, like Jordans that I would never wear, the white and red 13s, because I don't wear white, mm-hmm. his gear looked so fly, and the shoes, we all realize why they are what they are. Mm-hmm. Right. He made them look so cool, and this is decades ago. Well, yeah. did you watch The Last Dance at all? I watched the first episode, which I thought it was okay. It wasn't bad by mm-hmm. any means. It also wasn't like as mind the first episode at least, right? I think we can all agree it was like, it was cool. Like, it wasn't the mind-blowing archival footage that you were expecting. Yeah, I think we all kind of knew, like, the first episode. But then I watched half of the second, the Scotty Pippen one, and I was like, oh, it's getting much better. But I just thought it was, like, weird, like, seeing everyone that you kind of respect on social media, like, trying to prove that they're, like, how big of Jordan fans they are. I just think you were kind of re-inspired. I'm not lying, and I know that this is something that if we were in the office, you'd be like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> dude, I'm looking at like Jordan ones, like Chicago ones. I don't even odd stock eggs. <laughs> no, that I have in my closet. Oh, okay, okay. And I'm like, you got Chicago ones from '94 or '85? Two pairs of '94s. But he just made it look effortless. Yo, the one tweet though that I called out yesterday that like needed to chill was like Marco was like, yo, I'm gonna go back and cop those Jordan 1.5s that I slept on. I'm like, bro, those were shoes were trash. You know what I almost <laughs> told him? This is Marco Henry, former Complex employee, uh, current Jordan brand employee. I almost told him, hey man, I'll sell you the pair that Jordan brand sent me a few years ago. <laughs> oh wow you guys are assholes not that i would ever do anything like that shout out to marco it's a great watch and there's some episodes that us particular and yeah. our audience is really going to pay attention to coming up i'm sure you guys could figure out like what it centers on 
now being in quarantine, it came at the right time. And first of all, in the interview, the way he carries himself, the interviews, mm -hmm. he's just super, super cool. Like it reminds me exactly why his product moves, how it does. And of course, how good he was, but just like the level of drip, as the kids say, gold chains in the dunk contest, you know, the I gold tweeted, chains, yeah. like layered gold choker chains that like is a trend now. This dude was doing it before you got anyone. the chains on right now, Joe? I got two, not three. The one tweet that I saw that I thought was funny, but also put everything in perspective was talking about how Patrick Ewing and Michael Jordan hated each other, you know, in Patrick Ewing, part of the documentary, but then also saying the level of Michael Jordan's influence and in planning his life that Patrick Ewing is now in the documentary about Michael Jordan wearing a Jordan brand t-shirt. I mean... Isn't that no? But isn't that kind of crazy that right? Because like, he's at Georgetown now, right? In Georgia, yeah, Georgetown. He's got the Jumpman logo on. It's his basically chest. like the level of like alpha, alpha male yeah. dominance that you achieved in life is like bar none. I watched second of the Pippin, but I didn't realize if everyone was gonna continue watching when it when it kept rolling. I thought people were just gonna watch one episode at a time. But this is America, baby. My friend from home texted me at nine fourteen. Right as the doc started, uh, did the fire reds drop? I'm like, bro, the documentary is on. Please leave me alone. Yes, we got conflicting information about the fire red quote unquote surprise drop. Your man, Matt Welty, was on it, though. Let me take the L here. Uh, we had conflicting sources. So I was saying that um, my people at Nike were telling me nothing was going to happen. They had no information about anything happening. Welty said on the contrary that some of his, uh, what can we call them, Welty? Uh, uh, you could call them yek bars. Some of his yak bars okay. <laughs> yeah. were okay. saying that there, there was going to be a surprise yeah. drop. So I was like, well, let's see. And Wealthy was proven right. They did shock yep. drop the Fire Red Air Jordan 5 right at 9 p.m. Eastern on the sneakers app to coincide with the first episode of The Last Dance. It, it was crazy, too, because my friend showed me like his cook group uh, Discord chat or whatever. And they knew 10 days before the shoes were coming out have no idea what you're talking about for the people who don't know a cook group is basically a small circle of people who are hunting out limited releases and planning on scooping up all the stock immediately when it drops and stuff like that first time i heard that uh term yeah well do you're doing a lot of selfies man you must really feel good and your hairline looks a lot more fuller since uh i last saw you in person <laughs> yeah. what was the caption on the selfie he posted last night uh good live. vibes live from the quarantine <laughs> Look at him. He's trying to. He's trying to have a hot girl summer during the quarantine. Oh, I know the world is crumbling around us. And yeah. Wealthy is doing better than ever. What does that tell you about the sixth state of this exactly. man's mind? Oh my God, dude! Inverse relationship between Wealthy's mental health and the overall health of society. Exactly. And Don, you're good. Fourteen miles still. Um, you know what? I went for a shorter run yesterday. Wealthy and I were talking about it. I'm trying to rehab the knee a little bit. I do have the new Nike Pegasus that just came out. Okay. I need to test those out. But I went to the track in the morning for a little speed workout, and I think I got there at around 7 a.m., but by 7.30, it was just there were too many people there, and it wasn't safe, you know what I mean? So I ran back home. You need to wear those, was it the Renew Run? What is that? That shoe, the Nike, the Infinity Run, whatever that shoe's oh, called. Oh, uh, Nike React Infinity? Yeah, that one. Why I do I gotta wear that? I don't know the amount. Have you even had the amount of YouTube commercials being like, we designed this shoe with injury in mind? Oh, nah, baby. I got ad block on. I don't see any of that. Literally, it's it's outweighed that StockX commercial that I do not want to see ever again in my life. Is that the Wale one? Yes. I think that's like the most beautiful. Careful. 
Careful. No, I just it's just saying that like every single time I've watched a YouTube Watch video it. that's that StockX commercial comes up. I wish we knew the answer. Like you just got to click on it one time and then maybe it'll go away. Like they got their conversion. Now they'll leave you alone. I don't know. But I, I haven't seen the ads that you're talking about for the React Infinity run. Speaking um, of StockX, a bid got confirmed, snuck on me from months ago. I shared it with you guys yesterday. Union 180s. Yeah. You happy with your purchase, Joe? Yeah, I'm happy. Those are on their way. Cheap. Um, 450, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty much a steal. Those and the Reese Forbes got delivered. And hopefully these Union 180s will be here by the end of the week. So. Wealthy, do you think the Union 180 is going to hold up in terms of wear? I think maybe. It's not. It, what it all year depends. Is that, is that shoe from? 2005, I think. 2005. I, I feel like some 2005 sneakers are starting to crumble at this point. Some Air Max 1s and things like that, right? They going to yeah. last an hour episode of sneaker shopping with uh, little TJ? <laughs> you might be leaving bits of polyurethane on the flight club floor as you walk It wouldn't out. be the first. It happened with the Huff Trainer 1s. All right, let's get to it, guys. Today, I wanted to welcome a very special guest to the podcast. He's been covering MMA since 2006, and en route to becoming the undisputed biggest journalist in the space, he's done stints at MMA Fighting, Fox Sports, and Sirius XM. His work at those stops landed him MMA Journalist of the Year titles in, ready, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, and 2018. He currently hosts Ariel Hawani's MMA show on Twitter and YouTube for ESPN, but his chops expand beyond MMA, covering everything from the NBA to the WWE. He also has a serious Nike Dunk SB collection that we're going to dive into. Please welcome to the podcast, Ariel Hawani. What's up, man? Ah, uh, yeah. What an intro. I mean, Brendan and Matt, I, I feel like on an energy scale, you guys were at like a three when you were intro. So I'm going to try to like take this up to a 13. I mean, holy smokes, guys. We appreciate that. It sounds like you're about to get, uh, you know, a root canal over there. I mean, really? We got to wake them up, Ariel. What else could you possibly be doing right now? I know. Uh, that. Like you should be thankful that you get to do this podcast to give you an hour or so to, to do something. <laughs> We're thrilled to talk to you. I can tell you that for certain. Let me tell you something, Ariel. Never in the many years that I've worked with Wealthy and Joe have I ever seen them more excited to interview someone. Not that I'm not also excited, but as they are wow. to interview you. I told them when we, we started this Zoom meeting, we got the video on that I was expecting their fucking Ariel Hawani posters in the background. That's how much they've been texting me about how thrilled they wow. are for yeah. this interview. So I don't want you to think that people aren't excited because people are ecstatic. Now I feel better. I feel better now. Thank to you. To set the record straight too, Brendan hates all like forms of violence that aren't video games. <laughs> so I don't think I don't think he's ever watched a UFC or MMA fight, boxing, Perfect. anything in his life. And Matt Welty talking loves violence, so it's a good mix. I'm somewhere in the middle. Well, it's interesting to hear you say that because uh, obviously I'm a big fan of what you guys do i've seen all the the sneaker shopping videos and you get all these big names and you know i'm not saying that i'm like you know the coolest cat around but never was invited so i got invited to like you know the podcast which i'm sure isn't as prestigious but now here you're telling me that they're so excited it makes me wonder well why didn't i ever get invited to go sneaker shopping and clearly i'm cool enough for the podcast but not cool enough for the videos <laughs> that's I find not that true not true but i mean the proof is in the pudding right here we're living it this is definitely a good first step. <laughs> oh, okay but yeah we've been big fans of you and i think just from us interviewing a lot of people and being in the same space you know, you always get the big interviews. You know, we saw last week with Shaq and all that breaking news, that big headline about how the Lakers would beat the Bulls and just your vast array of playing in different spaces and not only in MMA is really inspiring to all of us. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. No, I'm being honest though. You guys do great stuff and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun as someone who, you know, it's funny because people call me a sneakerhead, and I don't think that that's a fair, uh, label to put on me because I'm not really, and I can explain why I don't consider myself a sneakerhead per se, but I do love shoes, sneakers, whatever you want to call them. And I do love SBs in particular, but I'm not your traditional sneakerhead. Like I see behind you, Matt, you got all those boxes and stuff. Yeah. You're like my brother, David. He does that sort of thing. And yeah. I never understood people like you. Like you buy the shoes, you keep them in the box, but you don't actually wear them. I'm the one who will like, like people see me wearing my mosquitoes now, my SB mosquitoes. They're like, oh, they look like crap. What's the point of having them if you don't wear them? I'm not one of these people who like, you know, bows down to my shoes. So maybe that doesn't qualify me as a sneakerhead per se. We're wrapping the episode right here. No, but all three of us do wear our shoes. Yes. Wealthy, how many of those behind you do you think? And for the listeners, there's probably like 30. More than that, yeah. You've probably worn a bunch of those, I think, right? I think I've worn every single pair of those shoes. Okay. Ariel is crazy too because they wanted me to keep the same energy um, with that shoe, the Mosquito Dunk. I personally don't think it's a good shoe, but with the recent like SB craze, pairs of that shoe are selling for like $600 now on StockX. That's insane. Ariel, have you noticed the recent uptick in SBs, how like they're back with a vengeance? Once I started wearing them, it became a thing. You were the influence uh, on exactly. it. I was, I mean, Not Travis I'm Scott. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thanks for saying that, guys. Um, no, I, I think they're the best ones by far. And it's funny because when I started my journalism career, per se, I didn't want to have a gimmick or anything like that. But I did, I did want to stand out a little bit and not look like everyone else. So I did two important things, I guess, that I've actually stuck with up until this point, 14 years later. I always try to, especially on fight night, I tried to dress up a little bit. So wear a suit, wear a jacket, a tie. And early on, my look was, you know, wear a, a, a jacket, tie, look, wear a plaid shirt, on top and then wear jeans and SBs. And I always wear SBs different. Like, and I tried to find the craziest ones that I could possibly find or yeah. the more unique colors and things like that. I don't know. People really liked it. And, uh, and I find them incredibly comfortable as well. To be clear, I, I, I don't skateboard. Um, and I don't know if that makes me a poser because some people have said that as well. But it's okay, right? I mean, I could like the totally SBs fine. and I All right, fine. Because at first I was getting a lot of hate. Like, oh, you don't skateboard. You're a poser. Who cares? Nope. They're nice. You've got our pass and that's the only pass that matters. Thank you. Exactly. I appreciate it. You also wore the you wore the Jeremy Scotts. There was yep. an interview with Rampage where like yep. he's wearing an even more ridiculous pair of Reebok sneakers at the time and he's looking down at your feet, like what the fuck do you have on? Yeah. Little did he know I was the one like rocking the cool shoes there. Um, yes, I have the Jeremy Scotts. I have those ones. I have the the wing ones. Yep. I have the one the teddy bear ones. I have the uh, well the pink ones. Yeah. Teddy bear. I also have the the army one. I don't know the cool names and all that stuff like you guys. Oh, the blah blah blah. <laughs> like, you know. but I have those, and I have another Jeremy Scott one also with wings, but not the not like the felt wings, like the plasticky wings. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? So I have those as well. I think I have like four or five of those. Those were great, but. Honestly, I've only worn the wings once. So I've worn, I've taken off the wings and worn them by themselves okay. because those are beautiful. I mean, the colors are just unbelievable in those. But I felt like with the wings, I could only do it once. Got it. One shoe that you do know, and it came up, I think it was Sunday when ESPN on air talent was asked what their favorite Jordan was, the Jordan 11. Have yes. you watched The Last Dance? Did you see the first two oh episodes? God. I got some advanced screeners and I watched all the oh. way up into eight. But I'm gonna watch it Sunday too. I'm gonna. No, that's I'm, whack. No, I'm gonna Listen, go. Watch, I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch. Why? 
It's it's whack for two reasons. Okay. Number one, the, the fact that you said it like you tried to like make it seem like you know something that we don't. And and number two, let me tell you something. I work for ESPN and a very good friend, dare I say a mentor of mine, Jason Hare is the director, director. of this documentary. I have been offered to see the, the, the cuts early on. And I'm like, no, I want to appreciate this and enjoy this with really? everyone else. Lord knows we have nothing else to look forward to. Sunday night, I was so excited. Yeah. I felt like I was about to watch like a big Knicks game. Like I yes. had anxiety. I was nervous about it. And I told everyone to leave me alone. And I, I felt like I was devouring every single word being uttered. Also, the best part was I put my phone away. I didn't mm. look at Twitter. I didn't look at social media. I was all in. So do I really want to watch it on my laptop on a Tuesday afternoon? No, I want to partake in the event. I agree with you. I see your point, Ariel. 914, I'm watching the doc. Fully focused. Everyone who knows me knows that I'm addicted to the phone. I tried to put it away. 914, my friends are texting me about a Jordan release that just dropped. Right. So I'm thinking to myself, I binge watched the episodes that are coming up. And then Sunday, any kind of moment I missed, I will get back and watch it twice. Okay, fair enough. What do um, you think of the first yeah. two though? I loved it. Yeah. I, I absolutely loved it. It was incredible. There's a lot of emotions watching it because number one, I grew up in that era, the '90s. I, I was a teenager. I was, you know, I was very influenced by this. I was a huge diehard Knicks fan. So the the Bulls obviously broke my heart many times. And my brothers, my two older brothers, were big Bulls fans, of course, front runners that they are. So they would always you know, make fun of me because they would always beat the Knicks, but I appreciated them. I respected them. Obviously you cannot be a basketball fan and not respect those guys. So to relive some of those moments was a trip. It was fun. I can't wait for the next. It's so crazy. Like episode two ends on somewhat of a cliffhanger. We all know how the story ends, yes. but I'm like, ah, I, I want more. I want to see it all play out. But you know, what's the craziest thing about it? It, it kind of feels like here's this like gift from God in the midst of this pandemic where we have nothing to watch. Yep. And, and, and who is it? it? It's Michael Jordan and the Bulls that yes. come and save us. And it's so amazing to then go on ESPN on Monday and watch SportsCenter First Take. And you have all these guys debating things that literally happened 23 mm, years ago. Mm -hmm. Like, yep. was Scottie Pippen really underpaid? It feels like we've gone into a time machine yeah. and we're just all kind of – because we have nothing else going on, we want to pretend like this is all happening in front of our eyes. And it almost seems fitting and comforting in a way that it's it's mj and the bulls that are the ones that are doing this for us it, it seems like those are the guys that should be doing it for us because they were so influential in the 90s the heroes so, that yeah, we need yeah exactly yeah so i i really uh i really enjoyed it and uh you know just seeing mj you know because he's not really oversaturated you know he speaks a few times here and there and i have to say and i'm sorry for going long here but it really it really bothered me as I got older that MJ, you know, to the younger people, like he was just a joke. He was a meme that really pissed me off. And I'm not even an MJ fan. I say, like I respect the guy yeah. um, and, and obviously have great admiration for what he did in his career. But like the, the crying thing, like this is freaking Michael Jordan. I know he was the butt How of no one's you? joke in the nineties. So I hope these people will now understand, you know, who MJ was. And also he gets critiqued about his genes. Let me tell you, the on-court, how the sneakers look, how all the warm-up gear looked, the shoot-around gear. He was like the flyest. The three gold chains we were talking about earlier, he had crazy, crazy swag. Yes. Did you buy Jordans growing up? Yes. So I grew up in Montreal, mm -hmm. and for some reason we were not – hockey fans at all we were basketball fans like number one and it was the nba first and then everything was you know far below mm -hmm. and my brothers and i you know we had a hoop and we were very intense about it the first shoe that i remember buying the first basketball shoe that that really stuck with me 
was in 1990. I walked into a shoe store with my brothers, and I don't know if they were playing a prank on me or not, but they told me you should buy those shoes over there, and they were Patrick Ewing's. Okay. And if you know anything about the Ewing's, they weren't exactly the nicest shoes. They were right. quite bulky and a little right. bit like you know corny, tacky. Two big bricks. Yes. But you were a Knicks fan. But no, th- I wasn't a Knicks fan yet. This is okay. 1990. I'm eight Got years it. old. Got it. So I- I'm just kind of like following my brother's lead, and I said, sure, I'll buy them. And that's what led me to become a Patrick Ewing fan because I wanted to know who's this guy whose so the name is on my came shoes. Before anything else. The sneakers came before anything else, and then I just fell in love with their tenacity. I fell in yeah. love with the way they play blue collar. But I will admit, later on, I did have several Jordans. But I would also go like I I, I love the Penny Hardaways mm-hmm. um, when he was a rookie. I love the. Um, do you remember the? You see, I'm not good with the names. So I, I will confess, no, but go, like, go the, ahead. There were the Chris Webbers early on that yeah. had the crisscross, you know, and they came with instructions on how to put them on. Do you <laughs> yeah. guys remember those? Yeah. Those were incredible. Uh, I had the Jason Kidd uh, Zooms. Yep. So I just, I was a huge basketball fan. So I would, you know, I would, Ewing was my guy and the Knicks were my guy and I love Jordan as well. But I always loved to get, you know, the the latest rookie, you know, the, the Shacks I had, the Iversons, the questions early on. So I always loved to get those because I just loved all things basketball. Were there specific stores in Montreal like Le Superman de Athlete? I know that's one of them. Like what? How do you know that? No, that's this. This guy knows. How do you know Montreal? Our coworker is from Montreal. He, he Brendan asked him. That's, is that really uh, how it happened? Wealthy, wealthy wow, snitch, don't man. Dry, if you did don't a little bit of research, on him. if you yeah. did a little bit of research, <laughs> is that the type of place you were going? That's amazing. I've not heard Le Super Monde des Athletes. I've not heard that name in years because obviously I don't live in Montreal. But yes, places like that. You know what's amazing in Quebec? Um, none of the stores could have uh, English names. Yeah. So mm-hmm. for me, Foot Locker was actually called Vestiaire Sportif. Vestiaire means locker in French and Sportif is wow. sport. So mm. that's what we, so it was the same logos and everything, but everything was in French. So it was a little bit funny, but we would drive to um, Burlington, Vermont mm-hmm. and Plattsburgh, New York. Of course. The Plattsburgh Mall, that was like a big deal to go to, right? Huge deal. So that's where I would get the cool stuff at Champs, at Foot Locker there because the stuff in Canada, and this is before the Raptors, this is before, you know, people see Canadian basketball now and we're, you know, we're up to speed with everything and, and, and the culture is the same and all that stuff. But back then you couldn't get anything. I mean, I couldn't even get like, I couldn't even get like basketball scores in the newspaper. I, I would have to go to like a, a bodega that you would call, you would call that in New York. We would call it like a depanneur in French. I would have to go there and there was one near my house that sold the New York Post. And that's how I would find out if the Knicks won. And sometimes they would not even come out. Like I, I would wait a couple of days to get the latest New York Post. And I would not know because there was no internet and all that stuff. So mm. uh, we were a little bit behind the times. But where I really got my good stuff was at Champs and at Foot Locker in Plattsburgh and in Burlington when we would do trips there. I remember so i used to live in in new hampshire so like we used to get like a lot of like quebecois people who would like come down um in shop and this is probably like i'm thinking like 2000 and like four 2005 and i just remember like everyone wore the shoes like the pumas like without the soles like all the french canadians like did not and i was working in sneaker stores and they'd be like i like this sneaker but I like it without a sole on it. Like everyone was just wearing those driving shoes. There's a bit of a difference between Francophones and yeah. Anglophones in Quebec. So, you know, I grew up in an Anglophone neighborhood. And I'm not trying to say that, you know, we're dramatically different, but they did have a bit of a different style than the <laughs> Anglophones. So maybe I'll chalk that one up to the Francophones. Right. I know you went to Syracuse. Is that when you first moved to the U.S.? Yeah, I moved to the U.S. in 2001. I didn't get in for my first year. I applied to Syracuse and uh, they sent me a letter back saying, congratulations, you've been, uh, you've been admitted to the uh, 
School of Visual and Performing Arts. And I was like, I didn't apply to the School of Visual <laughs> Performing Arts. So that's where they put all the rejects. And they said, if you get a uh, 3.5 GPA the following year, you could reapply to Newhouse. And I wanted to go to Newhouse because, you know, Bob Costas and Marv Albert, all mm-hmm. the great broadcasters went there. And uh, yeah, that's eventually when I moved to the States and I haven't been back. Did you have more access to sneakers once you got to the States? Uh, so they have a mall. I don't know if you guys have ever been to... Uh, Carousel Mall? Yes. <laughs> I, I believe it's the Carousel Center. Gotcha. Um, maybe they've changed. But yes, so this mall was incredible. So it was one of those malls that I would talk about, you know, going to in Plattsburgh and, and Burlington. And I think... Uh, back then they were saying it was like the third biggest mall in America. So I was connected to like the champs of the world and the foot lockers of the world, because I, I can't stress this enough. We were very much behind you guys in Montreal. Like it, I would see shoes that would come out in Burlington and Plattsburgh. I would see them like a year later. I don't know why that was, why we were so behind the times. Mm. I didn't like living in Syracuse. If I'm being honest, I wasn't a big fan of the town, but that was one of the, uh, the good byproducts. And I was there when Carmelo was there as well. So I got to see the 2003 national championship team. So I went to Yukon big East. We were kind of like, uh, yes. yeah, at the yes, same yes, time. Yes. But yeah. So one thing we wanted to talk about is the UFC and we see it more and more. I had like Daniel Cormier on sneaker shopping and we, Oh, he got the invite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've been, we've been um, talking about how like the crossover, we see it a lot in WWE, but like even like Max Holloway, big, big sneaker head. Reebok is like the official partner of the UFC, but a lot of these guys wear different brands outside of the octagon. How do you feel about like the Reebok deal in general for UFC? And do you think that another brand coming in could benefit or it seems like UFC is like really, really locked into Reebok? So this is a touchy subject for me because I am not a fan of the Reebok deal. I've never been a fan of the Reebok deal for multiple reasons. First off, it got off on a really bad foot because I don't know if you guys were aware of their rollout fashion show thing that they did, but it was not good. I mean, there were spelling mistakes. They misspelled fighters' name. They misspelled things on the screen. It Mm. just seemed like, for whatever reason, they rushed it. The designs early on were not good at all. They were, to me, very cheap, very vanilla. And... For the fight game, like what the, what we were told was the UFC is on par with the NFL, with the NBA, with Major League Baseball, NHL, and in those sports, they wear uniforms, right? Mm-hmm. So this is no different. But I strongly disagree with that sentiment for this reason. Number one, what's one thing about fighting that we all love so much? It's it's the individuality, right? It's mm-hmm. the characters, right? What, what do we love about Mike Tyson back in the day? You know, he'd wear the black sneakers with no socks and he'd wear like the black towel yep. over and he'd yep. look ferocious. In, in MMA, what do we love about Chuck Liddell back in the day? He had the blue shorts with the ice on him. Tito Ortiz had the fire and the, the skull cap and things like that. And now you are robbing these men and women mm-hmm. of their individuality. They don't look you know, they, they don't look different anymore. They all look the same. And how do you get emotionally invested in a fighter? Like you're sitting on your couch and you're like, oh man, I love that guy. And a big part for me is I love his style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. St. Pierre from Montreal, he'd come out in the gi and the headband. And this guy looks like a real martial artist. I love that. Now you want everyone to look the same. So when I'm flipping through the channels, why would I be emotionally invested in this character? Why would I care? And on top of that, okay, if you really want everyone to look the same, more power to you. But if you're going to make them all look the same, could you at least make them wear nice things? Mm. Because I'll be honest, like for the duration of this deal, which by the way, expires in a year. So we'll see how it turns out. The stuff has been not nice at all. I mean, not nice. I mean, the stuff looks very cheap. It looks unimaginative. And they brought in a lot of people to try to turn the ship around. It just hasn't worked. It's been bad PR for a Reebok, in my opinion. I'll be very surprised if they're able to re-sign and have a good deal here because I just don't think it has worked out for both parties. There was some talks that they were talking to uh, Under Armour before they signed the Reebok deal and Nike as well. I hope 
that you know they don't sign with anyone. I hope they go back to the old way. Yeah. But I, I just don't see Reebok sticking around. And perhaps I'm 100% wrong. Like I, I have not talked to anyone at Reebok about it, yeah. but I don't see how it has really benefited them. The kits they wear, they call them, they all just look cheap, to be honest. And the other two things that bother me about this is, number one, you want to talk about like how in the NBA everyone dresses the same? Sure, but A, sneakers are a big part of it, yeah, right? That's yeah, one right. way that we could get emotionally yeah. invested. These fighters can't wear sneakers. Yeah. They can't wear different gloves. So how do they stick out? It's impossible. Also, in the NBA, you know, they allow them in the pregame and the postgame to wear their own stuff. At the beginning of this deal, they didn't allow them to even wear their own stuff. They've kind of relaxed a little bit over time. But at the beginning, like you had to walk into the arena wearing Reebok gear. Like, What is that all about? You don't wear your uniform to the game. And then the last thing is it took money out of the fighter's pocket because what it did was it essentially got rid of all the sponsors and said, you have to go with Reebok and we're going to give you some money, but everyone is making the same. And I didn't think that was fair. Like, if you're a top dog, like, you should be able to go make a couple hundred thousand dollars off sponsors if you can. Why should that be taken away from you? So that's why I say a bit of mixed emotions when I think about the deal. Because I heard that, like, uh, like Brendan Schaub has, like, spoken out about it a bunch. And he was like, why would I do this? I'm only going to get paid $10,000, like, if I could shop myself around, you know? Like, it just seems kind of yep. crazy. It goes back to collective bargaining and not having an association. They had no say in any of this, right? So the, the NBA players, NFL, MLB, they all have a say because they have associations. The fighters don't. And that's on them. And we've, we've tried to talk about it and shed light on it. But at the end of the day, for a multitude of reasons, they haven't come together. So when the UFC decides one day, hey, we're going to institute a uniform policy, they really have no say because they don't have a collective voice. Just to play the devil's advocate here, do you think that – it does anything, though, to legitimize the sport just in terms of having this gigantic sponsor or like did that help them sell the company eventually, like having a sponsor in the same way that the NFL or the NBA does for uniforms and apparel? So the second thing that you said is 100 percent on point. Um, they did all this while they were trying to package the company into this nice little thing that they were then able to sell for $4.025 billion. They did that. They signed a deal with the United States Anti-Doping Agency. So it all looked on the up and up. It all looked you know, legit, so to speak. But again, I don't think it legitimized the sport at all. I mean, look, in the early days, you know, people would joke about this. There, there was a sponsor called Condom Depot, and they're like, oh, look, it's Condom Depot on the shorts. You know, that's not professional. Or there was like the gun store, things like all that. Right. All right, fine. If you want to have limitations, great. But, you know, in this day and age, with all these different sponsors and all these different people that want to work with fighters and the sport reaching the point that it's reached, it's not because they're all wearing the same thing. I can guarantee you that. Look at boxing. Boxing is doing great. I mean, they're killing it. Fury Wilder doing great. They all, like, Wilder was, was mocked for what he wore. And perhaps rightfully so, but everyone was talking about it, right? Everyone was was reacting to it because he looked different, because it was fun, because that's what the fight game is all about. And even a guy like Israel Adesanya, the middleweight champion of the UFC, this guy comes out, yep. dances a little bit, doesn't even do anything elaborate at all. But what are we doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? We're all talking about the dancing because we're starving for individuality. We're mm. starving for the fighters to be different. And I think that's what they miss when they sign this deal. And can you imagine someone like Israel? Perfect example. You know, the NBA is always the tunnel picks. But can you imagine that shot when he walks out to the octagon and then he kicks off the shoes and there's some rare, you know, Nikes or or something exclusive? Because that's where a lot of these debut of signature sneakers or rare sneakers come in. And not that the UFC needs help getting any more men. But, you know, sneakers is such a big space that there's so many opportunities, especially for like a young star like Israel. That would be like a perfect opportunity in my. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Nice. And they're being robbed of these uh, opportunities, and they could be making a lot of money. And to me, all it does is bring added attention to not just the fighters, but the UFC as well. Mm-hmm. To your point, Joe, like imagine if, if Izzy came out with some, you know, super rare, unseen thing. Everyone on Instagram and social media will be talking about sure. that, but they'll also be talking about the UFC, yes. right? You know, it yes. seems very short-sighted to me. And so we'll see. There's a year left. We'll see how it pans out. But if you're asking for my vote, and of course, I don't have a financial stake in any of this, for the fighter's sake and for the benefit of the sport, because I really do get annoyed when I see everyone looking the same. Like there was a fighter, Joanne Calderwood. She's from Scotland and she used to fight in a kilt, Mm. right? How cool is that? She's from Scotland. She's representing her people. And now she's been robbed of, of that. There was a fighter named Arjun Buller from India, first ever Indian fighter in UFC history. And he wanted to walk out simply wearing his turban. He was proud of this. He's got family back home. He wanted to rock his turban. That is freaking great. That is brilliant. And they said no to that. I mean, why would, from a business standpoint, don't you want people in India watching you coming down, right. wearing turban, like, oh, wow, that's one of us. Now I want to watch that guy. Why would you make him look like everyone else? It never made sense to me. I have a funny anecdote around this. So I think Reebok did a similar thing in CrossFit. I was actually at the 2015 CrossFit Games in LA on a Reebok press trip. And Nike was pushing real hard into, I can't say CrossFit shoes, because if I say CrossFit shoes, the people at CrossFit will send me a cease and desist because they're not technically CrossFit shoes if Reebok, the official CrossFit sponsor, did not make them. But Nike was pushing hard at that time into high-intensity training footwear, the Metcon 1 being one of the first examples. And they had the Metcon 1 in that black and red band colorway to signify that kind of in the same way that Jordan sneakers were banned back in 1985. They are Jordan 1 in the same way the CrossFit organization, because Reebok is the official sponsor, had kind of pushed Nike out and you couldn't wear Nike. So at that CrossFit Games in 2015, they had this big semi-truck. And I was there, like I said, on a Reebok press trip, but they had this semi-truck and on the side was a gigantic graphic with the Metcon 1 in that black and red colorway. And it said, don't ban our shoe, beat our shoe. And I remember going up to it to like take photos with my phone and the Reebok people were like, what are you doing? No, 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 no. So it's kind <laughs> of the same brilliant. thing of this monopoly where it, it just yep. doesn't really benefit the actual athletes involved that much. Do any of like the, the fighters stick out to you as like, that's the, like the bigger sneaker head or like, that's like the more stylish guy besides like DC or, you know, Izzy. 
Uh, well, Joe mentioned Max Holloway. Max yeah. has great style and uh, has really evolved over the years. So he's the former, for those that don't know, the former featherweight champion of the UFC is from Hawaii. Um, and uh, over the last, I'd say, two, three years, he wasn't always this way, but two, three years, he's really done a 180 in terms of his personal style and what he wears. Uh, so he comes to mind. Connor is represented by Reebok. Um, he's sponsored by Reebok, but I wouldn't necessarily classify him as a sneakerhead per se. But in terms of style, I mean, who better than him with his suits? I mean, he has his own line of suits now. I think he's a phenomenal dresser. Let me think of other ones. You know, John, you know, John Jones was the first guy to be sponsored by Nike. Really? Um, yeah. He, he never had uh, – you know, John and I got into a bit of a thing over this. Okay. Um, many years ago because he was sponsored by Nike and there was for a couple of his fights, he, there was a swoosh on his shorts and that was mm -hmm. a huge deal. Like we're talking 2012 when there were no blue chip sponsors in MMA. So he got Nike and Gatorade at one point when he fought, I think Vitor Belfort at UFC 152, he had the G on his shorts and the swoosh on his backside. And that was massive wow. for mixed martial arts. I think Silva was signed to Nike too. Silva was signed, but he had a Brazilian Nike deal. Okay. Like, so it was very regional from what I understand. Mm -hmm. uh, John was North America. Right. But here's the thing. I had heard from good sources, and you guys probably know more about this stuff than I do because I don't work in this industry, but it was more of a, they paid him very little. And I think, uh, don't quote me on this, but I think what I reported at the time was that he was getting paid something like 20000 a year, but then also all the free gear that he wanted. This is John Jones? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, he was very upset that I reported this because he felt like it sort of, you know, diminished the deal, the importance of the deal. And, and look, the deal is the deal. Like he's still a Nike athlete per se, but it was, you know, when people think, oh, you're signed to Nike, multi-million dollar mm -hmm. deal. And my understanding his own shoes was, at the time. Eh, he didn't have his own shoes at the time. I, I no. believe there was a Nike trainer for John Jones. Yeah, I think it was like but a one-off, like, yeah. Not his own that, signature model, but a, oh, a different right, right, shoe right. with his name on it. Oh, sure. But did it have his actual name on it? It might not have said John Jones. I'd have to bring it up. But it was a John Jones shoe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look, I'm not trying to take away anything away from him, but he wasn't getting paid millions of dollars. Of so course. he got mad at me for putting it out there that you know it wasn't one of those deals. And then he had his own line of shoes with a company called Form Athletics. Mm -hmm. And then they went under shortly thereafter. But yeah, uh, as far as Nike athletes, to the best of my knowledge, John and then Anderson and uh, Junior Dos Santos, who was the heavyweight champion, also had a Nike deal, but his was Brazilian as well. You know what? There was also some speculation, and I don't know if you know anything about this, but that Chael Sonnen was like working with Nike to help consult on their MMA activities because obviously he's an Oregon guy. He's from West Lynn, which is quite close to Nike's uh, world headquarters in Beaverton. And so people thought that maybe he had some input into their MMA programs. Do you know anything about that? How is the non-MMA guy dropping all these nuggets? He's smart. That's what I want. He's I very actually smart. did my research. I don't he does know. a lot Damn, of research. Yeah. That is impressive. Uh, honestly, I mean, I do a show with Chael. You can see right. the, yep. the, the logo right there. I've never asked him that question. You should ask uh, him because... I, I want to ask. I will ask him right after. I mean, I could call... Should I call him right now and call ask him? Call him up. Yeah. Call yeah. him up. Call him up. Call him right now. <laughs> Allegedly. Call him right now. Okay, let, here we go. One second. Again, I can't confirm this independently. I just know there's been speculation given his proximity. Oh, here he is. Hey, Chael, um, I'm doing an interview now with this great site called Complex. So we're live right now. And they brought you up. And I wanted to confirm something with you. Just a minute of your time, okay? Uh, all right. I'm all ears. Okay, here we go. This guy named Brendan Dunn, he's a very smart man. He's got a great mustache. He told me that when Nike was involved in the MMA game, 
that you were a secret consultant for them and you would help them with their MMA apparel because, of course, they're in Oregon, you're in Oregon, and you were kind of a part of that whole thing. You were the one that was leading the charge for the Nike MMA apparel. Is this true or is this false? That is true. I think to say a secret consultant, uh, I mean, I, we were very open. I used to go out there and we would just consult. But um, so maybe they would be embellishing my, my role. But yes, that is accurate. Wow. And did you get paid for this? No, I got paid in gear. Okay. I mean, kind of like a Nike move. But they, they made me my own custom shoes, like UFC 217, and put all our corners' names on it and whatnot, just by one example. I never knew this, Chell. This is fascinating. Is it? Yeah, kind of is. You were the guy. I was the guy. I didn't go anywhere, and I wasn't paid. I don't know how much of the guy. I, I mean, I don't know how much credit I'm giving right now. It feels kind of cool the way you're saying it at the time, though. But you Chael, know. you were feuding uh, with John Jones at the time, and you're the one like kind of designing the apparel for him. I'm wondering if maybe you made the apparel cheap so that he would <laughs> suffer. <laughs> <laughs> what about those? I was doing like shorts specifically. They had this breathable fabric that would absorb some sweat, but not too much sweat. I mean, it was a little more complex than I could go to, but it was also supposed to be more aerodynamic by design so you could be faster. I mean, you know, a lot of it's marketed in all fairness. They, they were just some shorts and they were free, but that did happen. Yes. Amazing. All right, Chell. Thank you for your time. Kaboom. Bye-bye. Wow. Look at that. There you have it. See, I got you the scoop. Straight well done. The well, you got the scoop. We How about that? that. It, isn't that fascinating? That Chill really was is. a secret consultant for Nike. We just broke the news right here. How did, is that was that out there? Is that a thing, or did you find this out? From I don't your think it's out there. That was a. I don't think it's out there. Reveal your sources, Brendan. You had to phone a friend for that. <laughs> I got a couple sources. Okay. Wow, that is fascinating. That is. You've blown my mind. I want to ask you more about Nike's involvement in MMA. Do you think they were right to eventually get out of the game? I mean, were they forced out because Reebok kind of took it over? You know what I mean. No, I think they were out before that, to be honest. Certainly the John Jones partnership ended. He went to form, and he also got into a little bit of trouble yeah. as well legally, and so that proved to be an issue. Uh, but by the time Reebok got involved in off the top of my head 2015, right. uh, they weren't much of a factor. I think there was one fighter left. I think it might have been JDS who was wearing Nike gear. But again, I never really understood like the local deals that they had. Like, What does Nike Brazil have to do with you know the global Nike per se? But at that point, like there were no American fighters that were represented by them, certainly. Do you think it's like an issue when you talk about like, you know, the overall like marketability of sneakers and MMA? Like you take someone like Habib and I can't imagine him, ever, even though he's like the biggest name in MMA, I can't ever imagine him being tied as like a sneaker pitch man, you know, like it just kind of doesn't add up. Well, he does have a deal with Reebok as well. Yeah. And he has been in commercials. Um, but I mean, as far as like, a cool factor goes, you know, like Habib's not going to sell you like sneakers from like a cool, cool points the way like an NBA player would, you know? Sure. And and the other thing is like at the end of the day, why do we love, I, at least I did as a kid, like when Weber came out with his shoes or remember that commercial in the barbershop with Barkley and, and uh, no, he's in the barbershop and they're like kind of you know, egging him on that he dunked on Barkley when he put it around his back. I love that commercial. Little Penny, all that stuff. Ultimately, we love these shoes because we get to see them wear them, right? Like we get to see them in action. We get to see them on the court. With the MMA fighters, you don't actually get the payoff, right? So I think that there's only so far that you can go, even with the football players and the gloves and the cleats, the baseball players with their cleats. and Like you get to see these things in practice, but with the, the MMA fighters, and, and boxers don't even have this problem because they get to wear shoes, they don't wear shoes. MMA fighters don't wear shoes. So 
I find that it's always been a tough sell that you're better off trying to sell gloves or shorts per se because you actually get to see those in action. Just as long as they don't say Condom Depot on them. I mean, I never had a problem with it. I mean, people. You, you got know, a pair of Condom Depot shorts? No, no. But I mean, as a sponsor, it's like I, I get like we're trying to practice, you know, safe sex. It's okay. It's not like it's. Hey, I can get like by. It's now. a bad thing per se. Yeah. By the way, what happened? I know we're an audio podcast, but what ha- like you're just a head floating now. What's going <laughs> yeah, on? Yeah, I know so, it's real. Yeah. What, what is that? <laughs> so to the listeners, we are. I can't. Zoom, I can't ignore. I can't call. ignore this. I, I had the the curtains closed, but like I said, there's a storm brewing in, yeah. in Brooklyn. So right now, I just went completely dark. But no, what happened? Did your power go out? <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't think so. No, we're no, we're good. You look like just... the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> it's actually amazing. I wish people were watching this because you're literally a head floating. I think you're wearing a black shirt. Yeah. And your head, it's amazing. It's it's really mesmerizing yeah i know as long as it's not frightening you ariel no no it's great it's great i'm glad to hear that look i want to talk more about your personal sneaker history i'd like to talk about the mma stuff but also like joe mentioned at the top of the show you're a big nike sb guy when did you first get into sb or when did you first notice that i actually think it was my brother david who i think joe knows as well who's way cooler than i am and dresses way better than I do. In fact, he has his own uh, clothing line called 20. He's like you, Matt. Like He's got the boxes and he'll wear them once or not wear them at all and just stack them up and all this stuff. Even when we were kids, he's the guy who would buy, and I'm sure some of you guys out there are the same, like you would buy like the sprays and all that stuff, the cleanest sneakers. I don't do any of that stuff. Like I take pride in beating up my shoes and I know that makes me like an anti-sneakerhead per se, but I feel like we only have one life to live here. Like let's actually like wear these things. So I remember when I started in 2000, 2006, some way, somehow, man, I wish I knew the names of uh, the, the first ones that I wore, but mm-hmm. I was introduced to SBs. They were black and gray and a little bit of pink. I love pink. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, man, these are really cool. And I should just wear these. I, I, I was always a Nike guy. Like I had the Iversons, I had the Shaq, but I always felt almost guilty wearing Adidas or Reebok, even mm-hmm. clothes. I was always very uh, pro Nike for whatever reason. So, so yeah, this I, is I, why you hate the Reebok uh, deal, right? well this maybe is like it's the, a little the, bit of that yeah. <laughs> yeah now the truth is coming out um so i i just felt that the sbs were a lot cooler than the others but they were different where you know no one else was really wearing them certainly not in the mma space and it could be something that would make me stand out but then it was like maybe a year later where honestly at the beginning i was always wearing the same ones but then i was introduced to flight club okay and once i was introduced to flight club everything changed because that place just blew my mind yeah. and the thing was no one else was exposed to flight club so i would come out every fight week with a different pair of shoes and people were like where do you get those i'm like oh, i know a guy you get them on nike id no you losers i don't get them on nike id <laughs> come on get out of here so flight club to me you know they're not very nice at flight club if i'm being honest they're a little intimidating but i am partial to those guys because i i do love their stories and now Honestly, I have three kids, so it's been a while. It's been a minute, as the kids say, that I've felt compelled to buy shoes because I feel like I should be using my money for other things. Right. But there was a while where I was only going on Flight Club and getting all my stuff. And I got some great ones, Stella Souls, the Miss Pac-Mans, probably my favorite of all time, the Miss Pac-Mans. And it got to the point where I think I have, at this point, maybe like 25, 30 SPs. When did you first go to Flight Club? Man, I think I first went to Flight Club in around 2010 or so. And then what was great was... AOL, who I worked for, for for a couple of years, they were around Union Square, right next to the Flight Club location there. Okay. So yeah. sometimes after work, I would walk there as well. But over time, I actually enjoyed going on the website more because you had access to the LA store. Um, and, not and you just didn't have to York. talk to the assholes who worked there. And I was going to say that. They're nice I, to me. They're nice to me. 
No, no, I was going to say that. I always found them to be very intimidating. Like, do you have this in size 12? And they're like, blah, 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 blah. what, is that the thing there? Is That's that the is, is thing like... in the New York City sneaker scene is, you know, Wh- I mean, why? You, you know about Supreme, like if, if you yeah. go in there, the, the infamous. I, hey, listen, I was wearing Supreme. I don't want to be that guy, but I was wearing Supreme. Like, right? Before that, okay. I think. Before that, if you go look at my video, I'm wearing Supreme. Some of the shirts I'm still wearing till this day because I love them so much. Yeah. And now all the kids are wearing them. But I was wearing Supremes and SBs back before everyone was doing look that. Look at I just that. Want to throw them out there, okay? Innovator. Did that come from your brother as well? One million percent. Okay. Yes, that came from David. What's the most you ever spent on a pair of shoes? That is a good question. I think the high – it's hard to justify. Like there are some that I love, right? There, there, there were the um, – are there the Fozzie Bear ones? Are there Fozzie Bear ones, or am I blowing it right now? There's the Three Bears pack of SBs. Three Bears are awesome. Yes, they, which wealthy they, they, infamously I hate. He I hate hates them. Those yeah. shoes Why? Are, what? I, I, I just hate like furry shoes. Like, oh, I love furry shoes. <laughs> They're great. Like furry shoes are so uncool to me. Like, regardless of the brand. Oh. Okay, so those are always very expensive on Flight Club, right? Now they are. They're going for like thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah, there's yeah. been an uptick. So even back then, they were always – so I think like the highest I ever went was probably like three, three fifty. Mm-hmm. Which ones? I don't remember. The Della Souls I really like a lot. Those are awesome. You have both pairs. How the hell do you know that? That you have both pairs? Yeah. Uh, I did a deep dive <laughs> on your Instagram, but I, I saw you have the white lows and you also have the green ones. Do you bring those out for special occasions? Yes, yes. I broke out the green ones for the first time. I had those for a year and a half, yeah. and I didn't wear them. And you know why? It wasn't because I was being mad over there with the shoe boxes. It's because I forgot I had them. Wow. And I was rearranging my closet, and it was right before Connor's fight, his okay. return fight. And I was like, this is perfect. Got new shoes. I didn't have to pay for them recently, and they're green. Let's go. Perfect. Do you ever get free sneakers from the brands? Are you, are you in that space at all? No, I'm not cool enough, unfortunately. When Reebok first came onto the scene, like they would send us shirts and maybe the odd shoe here or there, but not after this. Certainly not after this. But I've, 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 I've it's not the first time I've said this, to be honest. But like, if you guys know anyone at Nike SB, people have said that I should, you know, you know, we should, we should talk. Yeah. People have mentioned it, but I know no one. I know no one. You said at the top of this that you do have a like a very distinct look early on in your career. You were conscious of it. You did say you would never wear sneakers with the suit. Has that changed since yes, a few years never. ago? Okay. Never. Not even so, black so, leather, nothing. Nothing. Okay. So I'm at, it, it's actually a big pet peeve of mine. Okay. When people wear a full suit, and I apologize if anyone out there does this sort of thing, but if you wear a full suit, including the pants, and then you wear sneakers, like even if they're Jordans, I get it. It's cool. To me, it just seems weird. I'm so what you. I would do is – Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, like whatever days I'm at the fight, I would wear either just the plaid shirt, always something, you know, I never wear t-shirts, I never wear hoodies, has to be colored, I want to be somewhat professional, and I love plaid shirts as I'm wearing right now, but I also wore, you know, jacket, tie, and then on the bottom wore jeans and the SBs, but come Saturday, you've got to respect fight night, and you've got to dress up. Now, early on in my career, I would keep the tie, jacket look, and the jeans and the SBs on Saturday as well. That was my dress up. But when I got to Fox in 2012, they never, they said you could keep your style, but I felt, you know what, this is the next step. Mm -hmm. So on fight night, I'm going to go full suit. Um, And I was introduced to a tailor in Brooklyn, a guy by the name of Martin Greenfield, and I got a bunch of suits from him. And so I felt like, all right, on fight night, I'm going to step it up and I've kept it. And you wouldn't believe how many fighters would come up to me and be like, you sold out, you sold out. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I was like, no, I'm not selling. I'm evolving because I feel like if I would just wear, you know, the same thing over time, eh, I still keep the shoes during fight week. But on Saturday, let me dress up. Let me give the fighters their due. Let me give the event the respect that it deserves. And let me just go full suit. But I'll never, ever, ever wear 
full suit and sneakers. I can't do that. Interesting. Was your Helwani nose, uh, you know, slogan inspired by Bo Jackson? Is- Absolutely. 100%. Uh, the Bo nose. Yes. Ah, yeah. 1 million percent. It, it's, it's around the time that John got involved and he had Bones nose. Okay. His nickname, John yep. Jones, is Johnny Bones Jones. So it was Bones nose with the, uh, the swoosh, obviously. And so a fan... A fan from Australia sent me Helwani nose, but the swoosh turned into my big nose, which I loved. I thought it was brilliant. And we sold those shirts for a while. I mean, all the proceeds, I never made a dime off of them. Uh, all the proceeds went to uh, my father-in-law's charity. My father-in-law is a uh, survivor of colorectal cancer. So he runs a charity, the, the Colorectal Cancer Association of Canada. So we sent all the proceeds to them. And uh, my brother, to tie it back to my brother David, he's the one who produced the shirts for us. So he made those. And actually, just this past week, I came out with my second T-shirt line like eight years later for my Helwani boxing thing that I've been messing around with. Oh, I on, saw uh, that. Right. I saw that. That's what is right. that? It timing, teaches like listen. reflexes. Yeah, timing and reflexes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Precision, Precision power. power, right? Exactly, exactly. Okay. So I, I, you know, look, in this time, like there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of things to be depressed about. and uh, Timing over I, speed. Exactly, exactly. So I got this thing that you wrap around your head and you hit the ball and people are liking it. Someone made me a t-shirt. Dan Lebitard's brother okay. is an artist and he made me a logo and I was like, let's sell these and give all the proceeds to Feeding America. Um, and it's been a fun thing. So it kind of gets tiring to like keep hawking the shirt, hawking the shirt, mm-hmm. hawking the shirt. But as of yesterday, we generated $6,500. So $6,000 for the charity. So I feel pretty good about that. Awesome. Are there other people, I know like a lot of fighters have noticed your sneakers over the years. Are, are any of them specifically into Nike SB? I know like Luis Gaudino was kind of on that wave a little bit. Anybody else? This guy dropping Luis Gaudino. I mean, really? Have you like have you ever seen Luis Gaudino? I'm 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 impressed. As as an interviewer, I'm impressed. So much props to you, Brendan. Nice done. Um, yeah, well done. Um, no, I don't. I I think Holloway's the only one that notices them. Like, okay, and his manager as well is very. Um, uh, you know, fashion forward, if you will. They all like the shoes and they all ask me mm-hmm. and they're like, what is that? Or where'd you get that? And it's gotten weird over time where some of them ask to take a photo and they'll tell like their manager or their trainer or whatever. It'd be like, make sure you get the shoes in the photo, which has been kind of a trip. And like the Rampage ones got a lot of attention and things like that mm-hmm. because of the wings. But for the most part, I don't get the sense that for them, and maybe it goes back to the fact that they don't, you know, have to wear these things when right. they train per se, but they, they never really asked me about the difference between SB and all that. I do get annoyed when they say like, oh, I like those Air Force Ones or something Ooh. like that. I, I, I'm like, no, these are not Air Force <laughs> Correct them? Like, yes, absolutely. Because I don't, I, I want to be an SB guy. I'm very proud of yeah. being an SB guy. And uh, again, if anyone from the SB uh, family is listening, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm available. Get in but, touch. No, I, that's the only time that I actually ever correct them is when they call them Air Force Ones. Got it. One thing I wanted to talk about, we've seen a lot of sneaker crossover from the WWE. Shane McMahon wrestles in like Jordan 1s and Sasha Banks and they do all these customs. What do you think of, you know, you talked about self-expression. It seems like they kind of embrace it a lot more than UFC. That's the thing, you know, like the great point, Shane, when he wore those, everyone was talking about it, but they weren't just talking about him and the shoes. You're also talking about wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sasha Banks, Kofi Kingston, like yes. these guys. Even John Cena. Remember, I don't know if you guys are wrestling fans, but he did the the, the pumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, Reebok yeah. pumps, and then he had a pumps pay- and yeah. the Payless. Yes, yep. yes, yes. But you remember when he like he had a, there was a time where he was like pumping them up like D Brown. Yeah. And so um, I just don't get it. I really don't. WWE is a perfect example. Individuality being different, being unique, characters larger than life, being emotionally invested in these people. Fake. Just, well, I'm just talking about from like, and it's not fake. 
scripted. <laughs> yes. But fake is ridiculous. Let I him mean, know. fake is exactly. I mean, Go that on. is just. I t- by the way, I take back everything I said about yeah, you. Yeah, that's a terrible take. <laughs> I mean, horrible. Wow. <laughs> just spit in my face. Um, but it, it's just that I, I really enjoy that aspect of it, and I can't for the life of me understand why they would want to rob the fighters of this. So uh, I, I really do hope that in a year they take this away. But yeah, exactly. It's very short-sighted to think that by robbing them of the individuality, you're making the sport mainstream because what is ruling the day Nowadays, it's it's the individuality, right? It's I mean, who would have ever thought 20 years ago that you know the guys walking to the locker room would be as big a part yes. of the pregame festivities as the, you know the pregame shows mm-hmm. themselves? I mean, it's a huge part of the whole thing, and so it, it it bums me out. Even like Conor McGregor, like I know we've seen an okay amount of Reebok product from him. Joe, we were talking about that Reebok Zig mm-hmm. Kinetica shoe mm-hmm. that they launched. Yeah, what do you guys him. think of those? What do you guys think of I those? Think, uh, it's so whack, man. It's an it's, okay why? shoe. I'm a little tell biased, us, but tell, it's an okay tell me, shoe. tell me. It, it, I want to know why. It, it, it totally reminds – well, you said the, the Zig Kinetica. Like I remember like working at Foot Locker at the time when the Zigs like first came out, and it was like – the broiest sort of like cargo shorts sort of shoe. This was just, 2010, is that right, Welty? Yeah, something around there. They had like Ocho Cinco, I think, was one of the the pitch people on it. They had like black and red, black and yellow. But it was like, I remember like Reebok was like like into hockey and all that. And it was just, oh. My thing is like there's so much more you could do with Connor. Like if you just took yeah. a Reebok classic leather and took the British flag off it and put an Irish flag on it, boom. Stuff like that. Yeah. For some reason, I mean, you could look, look at the shirts that they made for for Connor. They just haven't been good. I don't know what it is, but uh, the 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 creativity just isn't there for whatever reason. Like I can't think of one where I was like, "Damn, they nailed it on this one. They mm-hmm. they did a good job." And I don't, I don't know why they. Ta- okay, let me ask you guys this: Connor's a big name, right? Yeah. Like he's a pretty. Even, I mean, yeah, you, I, even for sneaker is, shopping, he's a top ten. He's a top ten requested name. Right. So why Eleven wouldn't you is make? Ariel, by the way. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Exactly. Thank you for saying that. Why wouldn't you make a Conor McGregor shoe? Like, why wouldn't you put his face on it, his logo? Why, Like, Conor, before the Reebok deal uh, signed, he was with a brand called Dethrone, a small brand, and like an MMA brand. But he had a really cool, like, fighting Irish guy logo, mm-hmm. and all the fans wore that. He doesn't even have a logo, to the yeah. best of my knowledge. I, I think for a minute there, too, he was, like, courting Nike. Like, he was wearing some Nike yeah, yeah. on social media. It looked like he was hinting at something. I don't know if they were just yep. trying to get their attention or trying to finalize something. But isn't that weird? Like, you literally have one of the top ten biggest athletes on the planet, and he doesn't have any sort of – like, correct me if I'm wrong. Those shoes that he came out with, he's not the only one that wears them, right? I don't know. Other it's people not a wear... signature shoe or anything. Yeah. 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 Isn't, isn't that weird? Yeah, and you also he loves to shop and loves fashion. It's like one of his hobbies. Obviously, he's amassed a lot of money, but it's like you read any article about him, and he's notorious for like shopping sprees with him and his crew. Like he, right. would, he would probably be super hands-on in the design, but yeah, I definitely could see that. It's a bit reminiscent of Usain Bolt and Puma. Like at that time, Usain was like the hugest name and such a crossover global superstar, but they didn't have in place the marketing apparatus to really take advantage of that from a product standpoint. And I think that's some of why Reebok suffers. I mean, it's kind of a cliche at this point, but people say that Nike is a marketing company that sells shoes. And I think that kind of helps you remember the extent to which Nike is such a powerful marketer along with White and Kennedy. So I just think that these other brands can't tell stories as well. And sometimes they can't connect the dots as well. And and let me ask you guys, as far as the NBA is concerned, I mean, back in the day, obviously they had Shaq and Iverson, but today do they have any big names Reebok? No. Mm -hmm. Not one? No. Do they have like a medium sized name? We did have that conversation, Brendan, where I said that Reebok could sell a Joe Rogan shoe and people would buy it. 
You, we did have that conversation. Think so? Okay. Are the the Zig Kinetics are they selling well? I don't have any retail data, but it's not a shoe that people are talking about significantly. Right. So that's the thing. I mean, like you got that guy for whatever reason. Yeah. You almost lucked into getting that guy because of the UFC deal. Make him the face. Like run with that guy. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I don't get it. Nor I. The Shaq interview obviously made headlines where he said his Lakers team could beat the Bulls. I saw the IG clip oh, where, where he knew who you were, but come on, Ariel, wow. everyone. What was that like a couple of weeks ago and just talking to him? And, you know, we, we are always judged. And I think we all judge ourselves on interviews that we do like recent compared to past. But in the pantheon of Ariel interviews, where does that rank? Man, well, that moment, like like Shaquille O'Neal, does he really know who I am? I'm still wondering till this day, um, a week later. But I guess I'll take his word for it. You know, I, I just, like I said, I grew up a big basketball fan. I had a Shaq poster on my wall, even though I was a Knicks fan. Like, who wasn't a Shaq fan when he came into the league in 92? Um, and this past year has been very special for me because when I got to ESPN in 2018, a couple months into my time there, you know, I had a great job working for Vox and MMA fighting, and they treated me very well. But I always had aspirations to do more. And uh, ESPN was the place where I wanted to be. Everyone wants to be at mm-hmm. ESPN when you're a broadcaster and you want to cover games and things of that nature. And so when I got there and I kind of realized like, hey, you know, you could kind of, I don't know if you guys remember these books when you were a kid, um, Choose Your Adventure. Mm-hmm. Like if you go to, you yep. know, you remember those books? Yep. So I was like, wow, I, I could kind of choose my adventure here. And so I found out who the executive producer of the NBA coverage was. And um, I sent them an email, didn't know the guy. And I, and I said, you know, can I have 10 minutes of your time? And I went to meet with him. And I said, you know, I don't, I don't want to take up a lot of your time, but I just want to let you know, like, I want to work on the NBA. Mm-hmm. I want to work on the coverage. I love MMA. I don't want to ever leave MMA, but I really love NBA. And he said, you know, no one's ever come to my office. I've been this blunt. And, and to be honest, I'm a bit of a shy person. I'm not a very blunt kind of guy, mm-hmm. but I just felt like, you know, you got to go for it because you only get one life. <laughs> and he said, Honestly, we don't have anything right now, but good to meet you. And if we get something, I'll let you know. And several months later, they reached out to me and said, do you want to do some summer league games? And I said, yeah, for sure. And it just so happened the UFC was having a big event in Vegas at the same time. So I got to do three games. And the first day I walked there, and I was nervous, I will admit. Um, they give me like that summer league polo shirt that everyone wears, mm-hmm. you know that. Mm-hmm. And I'm working with George Sedano, who's incredible, and Vince Carter, Vince freaking Carter, wow. Air Canada himself. Yeah. You know, And growing up in Canada, he was a big deal. And just getting to do it that one game, I got to do a, one game on a Friday afternoon. I was like, this is unbelievable. I can't believe I'm actually doing this. So in the end, I got to do three games, and that was cool. That was it. And I didn't get much feedback, good or bad, and I didn't know what that all meant. And I was wondering what it was all going to mean. Mm-hmm. And then in early October, I get an email from one of the people working on the NBA and saying, hey, Ariel, hope you're doing well. Uh, these are your first two games of the first couple months of the season that you'll be working on. I was like, what? And so the first game is Mavericks against Pelicans. Um, Pelicans, home opener of the season. Mm -hmm. So it was supposed to be Zion's first game at home. That would have been huge. And I look at who the team is, and it's Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gundy, Ariel Hawani. And I'm like, what in the world? As a Knicks fan, like the voice of the Knicks, Mike Breen, absolute legend, my favorite coach of all time, who's a tremendous broadcaster, Jeff Van Gundy, and me. This is absurd. So that game, I mean, I was super nervous. My first interview, the first thing I do is with Chris Stapps Porzingis, who I know a lot of Knicks fans don't like, but I got love for Chris Stapps, and I think he was mistreated. So that was wild. And he's a big MMA fan. So like he said my name in the interview. and And as a broadcaster, you know, like, if someone says your name in the interview who's answering your question, like that's a big For sure. deal. That's validation. For and I was sure. like, wow, Chris Epps said my name. This is wild. And I got to like interview Luka Doncic on the walkout. And so in the end, 
to make a very long story short, I got to do five games, five regular season games this year, like working with Doris Burke and Chauncey Billups. It's like, and, and like walk off interview with Kawhi. And then, saw that. That was his first, his first uh, triple double. And then like, First triple double. I saw and that. I'm talking I, to him. Like, I know you from all the MMA stuff, and I saw that, and I think I tweeted it out, and I was like, "This guy's every fucking way." Yep. And like, I was like, "What? What the hell is Ariel doing in the middle of the court with <laughs> Kawhi Leonard?" Like, not that you shouldn't be there, but it's like, I'm expecting to see you on my like YouTube feed to be yeah, like yeah, interviewing yeah. Stipe, not you know Kawhi. I know, man. It was a trip, man. And the last game I got to do was OKC against Denver. And before the game, Chris Paul shows up, weirdly enough, wearing a Reggie Bullock Knicks jersey, which I thought was really weird, <laughs> okay. um, to do like the pre-game interview with us. Mm-hmm. And I was working with uh, Doris Burke and Ryan Rucco, and they interview. And I, I, like when I'm at the NBA stuff, I am the noob. I am a mm-hmm. rookie. I'm not like stepping on anyone's toes. I'm just so happy to be there. And after like the chat, they said to me, uh, do you have any questions for Chris? And I said, yeah, I just wanted to ask about his uh, plant-based diet because, you know, in MMA, that's been a big thing. And I know that's really helped rejuvenate him and lead to this great season that he was having. And so he's like, oh, man, I don't want to talk about that because everyone's going to know my secrets. Mm. But then because we were off the record, he told us all about what he was doing and it was fascinating. So then they win the game and uh, I get to do the walk-off interview with Chris. And so I ask him two questions and I get to the third. I say, Chris, it's been five years since you played 80 or more games in a season because he'd been mm-hmm. injured so many times. What do you attribute the streak of playing you know, all these games and being healthy to? And so he starts talking about the trainers to this and that. And then so he gives the answer and then I say, and that plant-based diet as well. And he goes, don't tell anyone about that. And then he walks off. I'm like, I have an inside joke with Chris Paul. Yeah. This is absurd. This yeah. is unbelievable. So like that feeling, Shaq saying that, yeah. I mean, I, I pray to God that I could do more NBA. And, you know, when I grew up, I would watch Ahmad Rashad right. and Craig Sager and all yep. these people. Like I wanted to be the sideline guy. I didn't want to be the play-by-play guy. I don't think I'm good enough to do that. I wanted to be the guy asking MJ questions as he walked off, asking you in questions as he's pouring sweat. I want yeah. to be that guy. So this season, getting to do it five times, I'm so thankful. And I just pray that I could do more of it. Absolutely. And I'm sure, you know, when it's back sooner than later, I'm sure we'll see you out there. And Ariel, I think I speak for all of us. It's been an honor to chop it up with you. Oh, man. Thank you. And we hope you're staying safe. We obviously know you're staying busy during the quarantine, but to get your perspective on things, always refreshing and watching it from afar and now getting to chop it up with you is awesome. Well, I appreciate you sliding into my DMs on a Saturday <laughs> night. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, uh, you know, you That's know, it's actually keep- true. <laughs> it's true, but you know, the, 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 it's a weird thing because uh, I don't know if it works this way. And I'm not trying to be like some big shot, but you know, uh, I'm verified as are you, yep. Joe, mm-hmm. on uh, Instagram. And mm-hmm. so, like, there's the one DM column, but then there's like the other messages, yep. the cesspool that I call it that, <laughs> and like that's where people will, like call me a dirty Jew and all this stuff. And every like week or so, I'll venture into the cesspool if I'm bored. Right. And there you were right. in the cesspool. Wow! Did that taken away? <laughs> No, but I don't okay, know. Maybe because I... the general versus the primary, right? Damn, yeah. I gotta exactly. check that. Yes. You yeah, know yeah, what? Yeah. Also, a big takeaway from this episode for me is just like, I was so glad we ended on this, but the plant based diet. Because a wealthy is oh, on the God. full Joe Rogan diet and he posts photos <laughs> oh. of the steaks he eats for dinner every night, a big block of meat. And I'm glad Ariel could uh, kind of highlight for us how important that is. And, you know, yeah. such a pleasure to talk to you, Ariel. Uh, I know you have roots in Egypt and Lebanon, and I love the people of both those countries so much. So oh, you wow. know, it, was, it was a real treat. Why those countries in particular? Uh, you know, I spent some time out there. So, <laughs> Wow, look at this. I feel like we need a follow-up <laughs> interview now to uh, 
really understand what you're talking. I mean, it's very Whenever rare that ready. someone's. Yes. Okay. We'd love to Fair have enough. you back for sure. And maybe, you know, specifically after that, um, oh. that 2021 deal, we'll see how that pans out and to have you back on oh. after that would be. Back I on. thought you were going to say. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, we'll go singer shopping back on. <laughs> yeah, I'll introduce you to all the flight club employees. I'll give you the pass. You'll walk in there wow. like you're on the place. Yeah. Could but I'm do? not big enough yet. You know what? One day, I swear to God, I'm going to be the biggest thing in media. And you guys are going to come calling. And guess what I'm going to say? Nope. No. Not going to answer the DM. With you. <laughs> I'll say, back to the cesspool. I'll, I'll do the podcast, but not your little sneaker shopping show. Love it. Ariel, thank you so much. Stay safe. We will talk to you soon. And um, again, can't thank you enough, man. Thanks, guys. My pleasure. Our producer is Shiva Bayet. Sound engineering done by Kyle Garvey. Special thanks to Dave Matthews and Jennifer Stewart. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is part of the Complex Podcast Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.